first guy on the list, Michael Drinda. Michael Drinda. This guy is freaking all over the place. I'm he just is. I can't, flat cannot out get rid of him. By that. He's Jesus got, Christ. you can see his audio setup right there. It's just, oh, just ridiculous. Oh, God. What is that? Is that a... Is that one of those uh, standing desk converting things? It sure the hell is. Look, this guy. Guy. It's running Mojave. Whatever. Running running uh, Sublime Text 3. Not just Lakers. Right. I believe that's specifically a Kobe collage. Is that a Kobe collage? Yep, I see it now. Kobe. Mm-hmm. Kobe. So this is, no, this is what you can expect yeah. if you're a friend of the show, is uh, being constantly berated by us. <laughs> This is music. 90% of the time he has his AirPods. And, oh, God! <laughs> just... What? Hello, hello. You're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 128, the premier podcast for dog grooming tips and general canine hygiene. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me tonight, my brother from another mother, Tom Rado. Woof. <laughs> What's going on, brother? Oh, not a whole lot. Busy week. You got, you got your beard coming back in, huh? Let's do a little play-by-play. I got, you got mine coming back in, too. Yeah, growing it out. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. whole no-shave no November thing. Well, I, I went back to uh, the East Coast uh, a couple weeks ago. The, the time I, I missed the podcast, I'd gone back East for a family wedding. And I went to my wife's hairdresser to get cleaned up before I left and she just just took it all off <laughs> like that's not what I wanted total butchery yeah pretty much so so yeah it's finally finally starting to come back a little bit but you know, just in time just in time for world PHP world well so what you been up to Thomas no, oh. no John no John tonight yeah no John Complaining about chest pains or something. I'm not sure. It's Wasn't really paying that much tingling in his him. arm or something. I don't know. What. Yeah, it's talking about seeing some light. I just told him, I'm like, just you know, just walk it off, man. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Really, just head towards it. Grab yeah. a beer. Take a you break. Know. So I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever join us again or not. But he is not here tonight. You know who is here? Who? Our our Discord channel. Oh, oh yeah. Somebody had a good idea, and I and I think I want to try to do this, but having a show where we have the Discord channel on on the show, and I don't know, man, I think that would be kind of cool, like, to have, it wouldn't have to be, like, a whole show, just maybe, like, if somebody in Discord has a question, you kind of bring them in, let them ask a question, or, I don't know, I think that would be fun. Like a call-in show? Yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like that, huh? When you say it like that, it sounds sounds corny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you listen to T Dog and the Bone. <laughs> oh man, we picked up some uh, new patrons. Did you Did you notice that? Do you get those emails? Uh, no, I don't get the emails, but I did take a look today, and I saw that we uh, got up to five. We've We've met our goal of a cog. Five. We 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 are almost in double digits, my friend. We're what? at nine. I'm sorry. I apologize. You're right. We're not at nine. Uh, that's seven. only that's only people following. We're at, we're at seven. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So cool stuff, right? Yeah. Huge. Thank you to our patreons. That's awesome. Yeah, we had uh, Ryan. How do you pronounce that last name? Colson. Is that Colson? C O L S O N? Colson? Ryan Colson? Yeah, that's that's like the easiest name on the list. I know, right? It's like, what are you doing? He actually seems like he, he's here in the in the in the US. Uh should be able to pronounce that one, yeah. And then I thought we had I thought we had another one. There he is, David Kwan. David Kwan Mr. coming David in. David Kwan. Friend of the show. David Kwan. So Ryan. I know Ryan's in our Discord. I I, re- I Talked to him a little bit today. Thank, thanked him for being a part of it. But oh. Except, now, Michael Michael Drinda in the Discord wants to know how much you've already been drinking today, and I happen to know that you recorded Lair Chat live already. So I'm guessing <laughs> quite a bit. 
Well, not not that much, but yeah. yeah. Don't don't listen to Dorinda. He's heavily medicated. He just had some knee surgery, and um, his wife is like, giving him sponge baths, and it's oh, poor fella. I'm telling you, he has a tough life right now. Yeah, they have a new kid that the, that the wife has to take care of and take care of him. Give him sponge baths, and oh, because oh, my knee hurts. I had surgery. That shit does hurt, though. I can tell you. Yes. <laughs> I've seen pictures. I've, I've seen. Well, I know what mine look like. I've seen pictures of his, and oh my god! Yeah, you're listening to T Dog in the Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, I got a programming question for you. Yes, I love programming questions. I've been programming my ass off this week. Have you? Yeah. It's almost like you make a living doing it. Almost every once in a while, it looks like that. I had hoped to bring it up on Lyra Chat, but ran out of time. And I'm like, well, do I know any other programmers? I'm like, I guess kind of Thomas is kind of a programmer. Let me ask him. All right. I'm guilty of hanging on to certain patterns and encoding that I really enjoy. Um, one of those patterns is uh, polymorphic, polymorphism, which, as we discussed in our previous show, almost got me a divorce when my wife heard me talking about Yes. Polymorphism. But apparently that's a thing that I had to look up. And I'm, st- I'm still doing research on that because, you know, I, I, I am a, a fan. But but anyways, I'm polymorphic tables, polymorphism in the relationship. I, I feel like I need to prefix this with this is how I use it in Laravel. So I don't know if there are other ways of using polymorphism and other, you know, design patterns, but how this is how I use it in Laravel. And in Laravel, if you're not familiar with it, it's a way of relating one table to several models. So so instead of having a relationship where uh, the, the one that always kind of, the, the kind of classic example is with tags, right? So, you know, tags can belong to... Um, uh, posts, but can also belong to uh, the a model post. Can also belong to a model of uh, items. It can tags can also belong to a model. You know, several models, right? So several models can share tags, and there's a lot of different ways of accomplishing this. With uh, when you start talking about database structures, right? You could do types, um, but I prefer polymorphism. I, I really like like this pattern maybe too much but what that does is it allows you to say okay you know in this record that that in this polymorphic record uh this record what what is the model type that it's related to and what is that model id so it can be it can be related to any other model as long as you just have that model type and model id it can can relate to it. it it seems like a very clean implementation to me and it's like to in my in my head, it's getting like slowly getting you know steps and steps closer to almost having a NoSQL solution where where structure doesn't matter anymore, right? Because everything can relate to everything else. But but that's neither here nor there. This is still a relational database. Polymorphism relate relates to several models. You with me? Barely. Okay. Do you have any experience with polymorphic tables? I do. I've got a couple of polymorphic tables in my experience. All right. Under so my I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a real world example that we're dealing with, and then maybe you can tell me where I'm stumbling. Or I, I know where I'm stumbling. Maybe you can help me figure out what direction I should be looking in. So we have we have this table that has one of the fields in the table is uh, a payment type, right? So the payment type is what's polymorphic, okay? Because the payment type can be a credit card, it can be a check, it could be a wire, and all these models, the credit card model, the check model, the wire model, they have their own set of data associated to them. So it's not it's not a uniform set of data across right. the model. Right. You don't need a routing number for a credit card. Right. And this is the this is the nice thing about polymorphism, right? It's like if I know it's a check, then just give me give me the you know ID for that check, and 
you know, I'll get that information from there. My, my application is smart enough to know, oh, okay, this is a check. I'll handle it. Okay. Beautiful. Love it. Perfect example of polymorphism. But as we're wor- working through our problem, we came up to the issue of cash. And it was like, okay, well, cash is, well, cash is cash, right? I mean, there is no, we don't have a requirement for a model for cash. It's like, if, if the transaction happens in cash, then, then that's all we need to know. There's no, there's no other data, like the, the other data that you'd think to be associated with it, like how much cash it was it, or that's all part of a, a, a higher up the chain of the transaction. We're tracking how much, how much, uh, the transactions for and all that. Mm-hmm. So this is just purely the payment type. So now that I, I have this model, well, I don't, I don't even have a need for a model. I don't need a cash model, but that now breaks my whole polymorphic approach to this table or does it because i can't think of a way to continue to use a polymorphic table in this situation and but have this bogus cash model out there even if i just created even if i just created a cash model that didn't do anything it the the way the logic works it would still need ids so I'm kind of, I feel like I'm like, okay, this is broken here for this, for this requirement, or am I missing something? Can you why help me you, with this? Why wouldn't you just make an ID? Just have that, that one. I mean, it would be the same ID, right? For all cash. Like, I mean, I, it just feels dirty. I mean, it, it's like bogus data. Well, I wouldn't it's have done, a, I don't know if I would have done that as a polymorphic in the first place. Okay. So but, what would you have done? What would well, you have done? I, I'm, I'm trying to think here. So you... You take a transaction record and you morph it to a credit card transaction record. Well, if that's the payment type, so so the the, the highlight of it is it's it, it's a transaction. It's recording a transaction. How much how much was was exchanged between what what parties was ex, was an exchange? When where? Blah blah blah. A bunch of stuff. And one of those things that we're trying to figure out is the payment type. Like you know, how was this? transaction paid and that's where it breaks off into its polymorphic table yeah so then you would want you would still want a cash option but you just wouldn't have any data to store except for the id and the created at and updated at. but but what id i mean there's no there would be no id for cash why not there's only there would be only be one i mean there would be one id but again we're back to just creating creating data for the sake of creating data if I create a cash model with a bogus ID and say, okay, this is the cash ID, I'm just creating data to create data at that point. It's not really functional data. Well, there is other data that you should be capturing if you're dealing in cash. Namely, who received the cash? Who that's, entered the, that, who that's entered captured, the record? That, that's captured somewhere else. That's, that's, part, that's part of the, the, the whole workflow. That's part of the transaction. But that's, that's being captured. And, and yeah. that and that that That's, actually holds true. That actually holds true across all payment types. So whoever, whatever payment type it is, that that information is captured. Well, I believe Laravel by default morphs to other models. Mm-hmm. But my my understanding of polymorphic is that it doesn't have to morph to another model. It's it's just a class. So you could have a cash class that you morphed to. You think? Now, but, I don't know if Laravel is how strict Laravel is on that and how hard it would be to just reference a class instead of reference a model, but mm-hmm. probably wouldn't work. Eloquent probably wouldn't support that. I was to say every everything I ever saw again in the in the context of Laravel and polymorphic tables, it always referenced a model type and model ID. So maybe it can reference a class. I mean it's all code, but but still, don't you have the same issue? I mean, the, the issue is the ID, you know, because because you can leave the ID blank. The ID is just used as I don't, I, a see, part of the I, internal I don't joinery. Think you can though, sure I you don't can. Think you can't be, because then then it's not then it, the 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 functionality when when it does the morph to it's looking up that record for that model. Right. And so you might rec- you might have to override morph to morph to might be too strict in. In this in this instance, That's interesting event sourcing pattern. So, I mean, you're, what you're asking is is can you morph to nothing? And 
yeah, you can morph to nothing, but you have to be ready to catch null and assume that it's going to be cash if you catch null. Yeah, and see that that's that's kind of the 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 road I've been going down. So, uh um frontal uh nudity um event frontal sourcing is kind of is is kind of what we're talking about here uh sort of. Uh so this whole transaction table is kind of a uh uh, an event source that's being captured and then I'm trying to morph off of it. Um, so yeah, I mean the other, the other option. Uh, so I'm sorry, I, I'm breaking my train of thought here. Um, that's kind of the path we, we were going down Thomas, but I still feel like that's dirty code. Like it just doesn't feel right to me. It, it has that code smell to it where it's well, like, yeah, this doesn't seem no, right. It stinks for sure. Yeah. Um, but so the, the I, that's other, how I feel I, every time I do polymorphics in models. Polymorphic models, I've used them in the past several times, and my eventual position on it was polymorphic models don't help, they only hurt. Oh, I don't agree with that. Uh, um, no, I, I don't agree with that at all. I, I, I'm a big fan of polymorphic models, or tables, and yeah, but but I'm stuck on this one. So, hmm. okay. Well, I appreciate I appreciate your honesty and openness with me. There are there are polymorphic classes, yeah. Um, and that's sort of where this concept comes from. But just my my experience with it has not been great. And, and I, I'm starting to feel like, I mean, am I overthinking this? Like maybe, I mean, See, maybe I'm, that can maybe that I'm, can just be a instead of it being polymorphic in. in and having a model type and model ID, maybe I just make it a JSON, uh, JSON column where I capture I capture the model type and model ID in there. Um, if there is one, and if there isn't, if it's just cache, I just capture cache and just yeah. not even worry about the morph to piece of it and and handle it all in code. That's that's kind of going to be my fallback play if if I can't if I can't work this out any other way. So I'm I'm I like that, um, but I would also look up well I, I don't know what the i don't know what the word for it would be but i would i would look at having series of transaction tables that know what to point to and how well so that's what this is building up to so there are a series of transaction tables because all these transactions are coming in from various sources and if, if there's a lot of explanation that would have to go into the whole architecture of it but but it all boils down to we're trying to event source all the transactions across the platform, which which kind of feeds into this transaction table, and and this is where we're getting stuck because well, but one of the things about event sourcing is excess collection of data, collecting more data than necessary for the time being. Right, and having, right. It's having, just having a, a matter cache, of having how, a cache how model and cache table. Yeah, you might be making an extra ID for cache transactions, but at least you're pointing at something that is expandable in the future. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm still working on it trying to, trying to figure it out, but now there is I'm looking at the documentation for morph two and morph many. Mm-hmm. It looks like you could call an object. And as long as that object met the model contract, you could spoof a lot of behaviors. Yeah, I still feel like that's kind of a workaround. Oh, it is. I I think not having a cache transaction record is the easy way, even Mm -hmm. if it's only storing an ID or a UUID. Mm -hmm. You know, because you could at some point decide that you want to track the serial number of the cache or uh, what denomination bills it was in. Uh, you, You could eventually track additional information about it. So a model does make sense, even if for the time being, it's only storing a, a ID and a created at record. Mm. I mean, it's not heavyweight and it's a, it's an infrequent, write. No. Well, what do you mean infrequent? Why would it be infrequent? Because it's less than page views. It's significant. You're, you're getting far more page views than transactions in cash. No, we, this, this app, this isn't dependent on page views. Huh. This, well, this yeah. is a, uh, yeah. These are API endpoints that that are tying into other devices. So, yeah. All right. Well, 
don't know. Think about it a little bit more. I'll figure it out. That's what that's what I'd love to do. Yeah. What you been up to? What have you been coding? You? Oh, I want to pick your brain, brother. We're gonna have like a whole did. show on Laravel. No, no, no. You're you've been in our in our Slack channel just hyping up uh, Telescope. Yeah. Talk about mm-hmm. it, because you're you're one of the you're probably more of a harsher critic of Laravel than I am, and for you to be so jazzed about a Laravel project intrigues me. Do explain. Well, there's a lot of activity on the project, so that's thing number one. Um, a huge number of pull requests getting accepted, uh, people taking uh, feature requests in the issues how, and implementing how, them. How about how about we take a real quick step back, mm-hmm. assume that some listeners might not know what Telescope is, and why don't you kind of do that, and then let's let's go get into it. Telescope is a debugging aid, a uh, debugging and logging aid for Laravel 5.7 and greater. I think it's even 5.77 specifically. Is it really? Yeah, it's it's got a very specific version requirement. Um, yeah. It will track uh, queue hits, queries, uh, requests, responses. Uh, the feature I talked about last time we discussed it that was missing was views and uh, routes and the controller that executed functions. So stuff that's in the Laravel debug bar, uh, but not in Telescope. Uh, most of that stuff has been added at this point. So that that's I, I haven't had an opportunity to play with telescope yet um it does look interesting but i am also a little hesitant to try it because unlike pretty much every other debug implementation uh kphp comes with a debug bar symphony has its debug console bar uh even laravel had versions of a debug bar or or a chrome plugin this actually becomes part of your site am i understanding that correctly where it's it's actually a package you deploy within the application itself. Yeah, so it deploys similar to Horizon. Um, because of how Laravel does its new uh, service discovery platform, then you can include it as dev only. So you can include it as a local instance only. It does have an endpoint, which is just slash telescope on every domain that your app is hosting. Um, so it still suffers from some of the stuff that Horizon suffers from. And they say that you can use it in production, but I, I never would. I God, I would never do that. Uh, you can add in your own custom authentication and stuff like that so that it has a login. Um, but yeah, I was looking at something that I was, I was looking at debug bar and what was missing there in telescope and comparing the two and they're getting caught up very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, Basic functionality isn't in Telescope. I think they just tonight got uh, Postgres working with Telescope mm-hmm. um, in like a in like a push that went out an hour ago. But it's nice to have. But what, what's what's drawing you to it? Because I mean, there are other debug bars and solutions out there. What yeah. what draws you to Telescope? Because I have seen you mention nothing but Telescope in our Slack channel for like two days. <laughs> Well, the thing with debug bar is that it works on a JavaScript plugin and JSON after your request inserted mm-hmm. into the inserted into the request. So if you're goofing around, it can screw up the actual output that you're expecting to see from your site. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it, it doesn't always give you exactly what you want, and it has no memory. It only gives you information about the page that you just loaded. Uh, and it can even struggle with handling redirects as well. Whereas telescope, every hit is logged, so I can pull open the if, telescope. If you want, if you want every hit logged, right? I mean, no, there are every that. every hit is logged. There's not a oh. lot of options for filtering yet. Okay, um, but that means that if I load a page that then loads five AJAX requests and then I reload the page again, I still have the old pages data as well as the new pages data. And you can do some mm. comparative debugging with that. Um, mm. And that's handy because with debug bar, the second you refresh the page, you've lost the data that you just had. So doing comparative debugging is very, very difficult. Mm. Um, it also has K 
caching information, cache, cache hits, cache misses, and cache refreshes, uh, which debug bar doesn't have. And it has a DD to the logger functionality. Mm-hmm. So you can do a, you can do a dump into telescope that won't interfere with the execution of the page and then view the result of that dump in telescope. Interesting. Um, which I like. And it's got a nice interface. It functions quite well. Hmm. Was it uh, easy to set up, easy to install? Uh, yeah. The, there's, it is an open GitHub project, so you, you don't have to deal with downloading zip files or anything like that, uh, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> but And it's free, right? I mean... It's... Yeah, and it's free. It's free, totally open source. It's getting uh, maintained by Muhammad, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it's very active. I'm I'm subscribed. It's the only GitHub project I'm subscribed to, mm. and I'm getting twenty or thirty emails a day from activity from GitHub. Well, you didn't give me a bunch of overwhelming evidence to try it, but I I've been seeing a lot of talk on that. I mean, just go ahead and install it. I mean, it's just a package. I can always remove it if I need to. Yeah, but, it's it's a yeah. simple install. You just composer install it and then run uh, artisan telescope install, and then that's the whole process. Is there uh, I, is there a database component to it? Does it create tables or anything like that? It does create one telescope entries table. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not the worst thing to happen. Okay. Hmm. I might have to give this a shot. My only issue is that the whole thing's written in Vue, which I am not good at. So I, I thought you were a big fan of you. Thought you were nah. all about embracing that. I'd love to someday, but that gets me too close to the front end. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for that stuff. I hear you. Okay. All right. Well, since we're having a little bit of a Laravel show, and I, I did do Lair chat earlier, so maybe I'm just in the Laravel mindset right now. But have you checked out uh, Laracast lately? I didn't see today's. Oh, I didn't see the the update. I it's heard pretty about slick. it. Yeah, it's pretty slick. And I don't know if I still have an account on Laracast. Oh, really? Come on, talk to your boss about that. He'll he'll take care of you. Well, I just I don't use it anymore. I feel like I've done you know the what? vast majority. And when I did go into Laracast to do some view stuff, it wasn't what I needed. I, I'll be honest. I haven't. I haven't used it on a regular basis in a very long time. And even the content that has been uploaded maybe over the p- past year, I, I, I've noticed there just hasn't been that much new shiny things to talk about with Laravel. Right. I mean, if, you, if you look, it's what's new in Laravel 5.7, what's new in Laravel. And there's not a whole lot of new patterns and things because he's kind of already done all that. But I've all, I, I, I don't think I would ever give up my subscription. And I, and I and I struggle with you know once a year he does the whole you can buy a lifetime subscription and I struggle every year with thinking about doing that but but we actually pay for subscriptions Ooh. for all of our developers so we have a, a team account three hundred fifty dollars yeah but if if you keep it for like what is it I, I think I did the math it was like four or five years right it pays yeah, for itself four, it'll pay for itself in four years yeah. So, but we have team accounts. So, you know, I, I just pay for, for access for all the Diego dev, uh, contractors. It's kind of one of the perks you get for working with us. So we just, we just pay that every year and, and it's, it's fine. But, but yeah, I can actually go in there and see the stats of the team and, and who actually uses it. I don't know if they know this or not, <laughs> but I can well, see. I'm just who finding actually... this out. So I'm guessing no. <laughs> I can see uh, who who's actually using it, and holy smokes! For the first time ever, I've been surpassed on uh, by one of our developers, one of our our not one of our our, our number one lead developer, finally surpassed me. But uh, him and I have always been kind of hovering neck neck and neck, and we still are neck and neck. We're somewhere between four hundred and fifty and five hundred uh, watched videos. And then the next person to us is at about 70, uh, 72. Uh, oh, oh, if I hover over it, I can see. So, so our, our developer, Kalen, is at 482 videos that he's viewed. I'm at 473. 
That guy's got too much then, time on his hands. And then, uh, yeah, the next person is is at seventy two. Yeah. So my question is, did I pay for four hundred eighty two hours of you watching videos? Mm-hmm. Did Did you just charge me for four hundred eighty two videos? But mm-hmm. Yeah, money well spent. I feel. I feel. Mm-mm. But uh, but yeah, I logged in. the the new The new site looks really good. Um, yeah, it's, the whole... it's very vaporwave aesthetic. Uh, I like. Yeah, it. there's a whole Nova uh, series that I see he has here that I'm starting to work my way through. That so, yeah, it's been you don't hear a whole lot from Jeffrey anymore. Jeffrey Way, the the creator of Laracast, he used yeah. to be like the the voice of Laravel. Like if anything happened in Laravel or Laravel community. It, you know, usually came in through Jeffrey and he's just kind of off. I know he had some kids or had a kid, maybe two kids by now. And, you know, he's kind of off doing his own thing with uh, Larry kids. Cass. So. Kids ruin everything. They they will bleed you dry, man. That is rough. They will bleed you dry, drain you. But, but you know, my wife tells me it's been the best years of my life. So I should, I should embrace that. Yeah, you should. No, don't, don't argue with her on that one. That's. <laughs> Quick fight. Yeah. All right. Um, I had a I had a fun project today. Let's hear about fun projects. We had to I had to create a, a tool that just sort of allowed our our editor people to update the default Twitter text and image for a couple different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a we have a table where we store just random stuff. So mm-hmm. I dropped it into that table. I spent about four hours on the you know front end, back end, the whole shebang. Um, got to the end of it, finished it, pushed it out to my boss, and he looked at it and said, "Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be one for male and one for female. So I need you to to double the system one, again. One what? One what for male? One, one default female. text for for male actors and default text for female actors. Oh, oh, oh I see, I see, yeah." When we when we tweet through this this profile system that we've created, mm-hmm. so I have I have a whole set of data that is not indexed by gender or anything like that, mm-hmm. and I have to add that indexing and then duplicate the whole system. <laughs> and that, and then I was told this at five fifty five, it was five minutes before getting off work. It's just like Jesus, awesome. I did some Python coding this week. Er- was it this week? What's today? Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, it was this week. It was uh actually it was over the weekend. I did some Python coding and it, it was for a project for work. Um I'm sitting here and uh we have uh we have a requirement where we have a bunch of images stored in the database and we're talking about thousands of images. Uh not 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 the image themselves, just their location on the S3 bucket, uh Amazon S3 bucket. So I had to write a quick uh, export for this so that I, I grabbed all the images for a particular client. And that was easy. You know, it was a model, blah, 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 select, boom, boom. But I'm looking at all these URLs. I'm like, all right, now I have to go download like, you know, 5,000 images from S3. I'm like, gosh, even though it's a PHP artisan command, I'm like, I really don't want to do this in PHP. And I'm just thinking about everything I need to, all the hoops I need to jump through to, to go do it. And what? And I don't oh. know. I just didn't, I just didn't feel like doing it in, in PHP. So I, I fired up some Python and, uh, I, I pulled in the, um, the export I just created of, of where, where they all the files are located. I, I pulled it into my Python script and I iterated through it and went out, went out to S3 and downloaded it. it ended up being like, 60 gigs of images <laughs> that you know I, I just let it run overnight but i got, I got the whole thing done and like i think it was like 20 lines of python code it just it still amazes me how I, clean python I have code it, could be i have it here in one one line of bash oh really bash yeah you have a file that has all your file locations right a text file yeah yeah you can cat that to curl yeah but so- but you can't just curl it because it's S3. You have to authenticate to the bucket, right? So they're yeah, not so publicly they're not public publicly displayed images. Ah, uh, right? okay. So you have to authenticate to the bucket and 
pull it down from the bucket. So it worked. I mean, it was fun. It was fun to code in something besides PHP for. I I used to be a big fan of Python. I, I never got as good at Python as I am at PHP. And some would argue, <laughs> you're not good at PHP. Gotcha. Beatcha. Gotcha. But I wasn't going to um, say that. That'd be mean. But I do enjoy coding in Python. And uh, it was fun. It was just fun to, to, to do something productive in another language for a change. That wasn't PHP or JavaScript. I think I did Python once a while back. I don't remember any of it now. It's all It's all gone to me. I definitely feel like had I not made a few decisions that took me down the road of PHP, I I hands down would have been a Python programmer. Yeah, then your, I, your beard would be huge then, though. Oh, wow, it would be massive. It yeah. would be more down here on the neck, and I would be very, very angry. You'd have suspenders. But, yeah. No, no, no I, I realize this. But, like, when I was going down the, the, the diving into the world of learning development, web, quote-unquote, web development, uh, the person who was kind of directing me at the time was getting me involved with Perl for obvious reasons, right? Because that was kind of the standard. Um, yeah, CGI web... bin. Right, exactly. Yeah, oh yeah. That's and, uh, something that you can you can tell the age of a developer right away when you ask them, hey, do you know what CGI bin means? Right. If, they don't, if they don't know what that means, then it's, it's been six or seven years. That's the most. So I, I uh, as he's taking me down this path. That's when I learned about Python. And at that time, using Python on the web was not pretty. It was very difficult. And, and actually, oh, yeah, hideous. Yeah. Not something you, you typically did, but, the, but it turned out my career was also changing at the time where I was getting more into operations. And that's where Python was shining because it's like, Oh yeah, you can write all these scripts to do all this operation stuff for you. So, I started getting into Python as well, and then I took a, a PHP class, and my whole world just you know flipped completely upside down. And I'm like, "Oh no, this is the direction. Yeah. This is where I want to be." I don't want to. I don't want to spend my days grandfathering log files. <laughs> so it's the only thing I ever did with with Python. It's good. Log, it's good at that too. Log yeah. rotation. Exactly. Well, not only log rotation, but log analytics. I've got some uh, PHP news since you brought it up. Okay. Man, we we should not have John on the show more often because we just talk about coding stuff. Yeah, you didn't need to qualify that. You just said we shouldn't have John on anymore. (laughs) (laughs) By unanimous decision. Unanimous. Opcache preloading has been included in Laravel, or I'm sorry, in PHP 7.4. <laughs> See, now you've got me talking Laravel. What um, does this mean? What does this translate? Talk to me like I'm a third grader. Why do I care about this? Opcache has increased performance greatly in PHP by caching common functions, common calls into memory and calling those functions out of memory in a tokenized state or in a pre-compiled state. Mm -hmm. Uh, The issue, though, is that bootstrapping an application still requires the read from the disk and the execution of the non-cached components of the script. Uh, This new RFC, which has been accepted, will load scripts into memory in a compiled state and execute them straight from memory. Okay. That that seemed like a lot of technical jargon jargon. So this will just happen by default now or what what's this what's this? This is an INI thing? file option. Uh the INI file will allow you to turn on opcache.preload and I believe it will default to off, but I'm not okay. sure. I really mm. actually I really actually don't know if it's going to be that's, defaulted to off or not. That's why we re, we report the news to further confuse and disenchant people. It's been tested. Uh ZF1 Hello World, which is a Zen framework based common testing platform. Mm-hmm. Uh roughly 30% speed improvements. Uh, ZF2 test, another common reference test, a 50% speed increase. 
Nice. Always like the speed increases. That's uh, so don't be surprised if when you upgrade to 7.4 in, I think, like four months, suddenly you get massive performance increases because... Well, if you're using caching, right? If you're using it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that's apparently what this thing does. I mean, really, really speeds things up. Uh, frameworks can write themselves to spec so that they are executed faster. Mm-hmm. So there, there is some instruction in the proposal as to how to optimize your framework so that it caches faster and executes better in mm-hmm. this preload scenario. Uh, it doesn't seem to have any kind of backwards compatibility breaking issues. Um, there are explicit calls that could fail. Uh, okay. So it's worth reading about the RFC, but... Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see a uh, 50% increase in performance in the next version. You know, that's nice. That's always a plus. Yeah, we we skipped over it, but do you did you realize uh Laravel Laravel telescope? Yeah, I am intoxicated. My tongue is not working correctly here. Just talk with your tongue out so it doesn't get in the way. <laughs> Laravel telescope was announced do you, do you know where it was released and announced? Uh, Laracon EU? Close. AU. Laracon this year was the was the premier year, the birth year of Laracon AU run by friend of the show, Michael Dorinda. Michael Dorinda, yeah. Who is nursing a boo-boo knee and having his <laughs> wife give him sponge baths. As we established earlier in the show. I apologize for uh, my friend Eric. He's been drinking. No, that is for me. But I heard the uh, conference was very well received by by all, you know, like seven or eight people who attended. No, I think, <laughs> I think there might have been a few more than that. A few more, few more than the, probably that attended wave. No, not probably for sure that, that attended wave, yeah. So, yeah, I was looking, looking at, uh, I really want to go to another Laracon outside of the U.S. next year. And Laracon EU has been high on my list for, for years. But, you know, Australia is still, like, Australia is basically, Sydney is basically the California of Australia. So, I don't know. I kinda, kinda wanna go there too. But it's expensive. Oh my god, it's so expensive to fly to Australia. Well, yeah, and, all, and everything that lives there is trying to kill you. And it's a completely different, like, you talk about time zones, it's like a whole time warp thing. They're in, like, another day or something there. It's bizarre. You're like, I don't know, I, I don't know if my body can handle the the travel. It would be difficult. Uh, I, have, but I have an interesting I, article here. I wanted to go through one thing. Go ahead. All right. No? All yours? What's your interesting article? YouTube shut down a hole in its advertising system that allowed advertisers to mine cryptocurrency through the ads on YouTube. Okay. I thought this was interesting because I saw so little coverage about this, and this is just sort of the new normal now. Uh, Cryptojacking is just, yeah, something you have to deal with, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um. Ad blockers should catch it, but don't always. YouTube should catch it, but they don't always. I, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, YouTube had crypto jacking advertisements on it while you were watching YouTube. That's interesting. Pretty nice. I don't get adver- I don't get advertisements on YouTube. Yeah, I, think, I, think I, I think I must pay for something that, that block that takes them out or something. I don't know. I have I have YouTube premium and an ad blocker, so yeah, that's I what I think. I have in general. I have, I have the I have the premium that shows up in the left hand corner, so that must be it. Okay, so we're talking earlier about about voting in unanimously the uh, RFC for uh, caching uh, preload op cache. You didn't think I was paying attention, did you? You were actually right. I'm just kind of rambling at this point. Do you know what else was not elected unanimously? My daughter for mayor of Pali. My daughter wrapped up her campaign last week. We, uh, 
we've been following this for a couple of shows now, but she did not win her run to become mayor of Poway, but uh, she made a very respect. Don't you have a mute button for that? Yes, I but pressed she- the wrong button. <laughs> but she made a very respectful run for mayor of Poway. And I tell you what, I, for one, was very impressed. She was uh, she was right in the thick of of it. Now, the the person who won is the is the current mayor. He he won he won by a landslide. He won by over fifty percent of the votes. But my daughter uh, came in third. But her and the second place uh, person, there there were like a couple hundred votes separating the two of them. And it was just like all night they were just kind of running neck neck and neck. But like neither one of them, even if you put both of their, like, if my daughter had not ran and everybody who voted for my daughter voted for the person who gave a second place, he still would have lost by, like, 40% of the votes. So, but it was good. It was, uh, she seems very, very engaged now. And yeah, very... she's not she's not dropping out of the politics game. This has just got a the taste. And that's what I said. I'm like, you know, you were a 20-year-old woman just out of college, out of a two-year college, not even a four-year college, just out of a two-year college, uh, you know, no practical political experience, not involved with city politics up to this point, and that's the showing you made. I mean, think about how dangerous you're going to be when you actually know what you're doing next time, and you're actually involved, and you and you understand all the issues. Because that was the thing. It's like um, they they would have these uh, these debates. No, they weren't really debates. They were just kind of the all the candidates would would sit up on stage and they would all be asked the same question. And it was kind of like a loaded a loaded topic because the current mayor they would ask him questions about politics, the town politics that he's currently involved with. And so he he had very insightful answers. Well, we're doing this. We we have this in the budget. We're talking about this. We've spoken to this person. And all the other candidates were just kind of like, well, you know, if I was mayor, I would probably think about this or we would probably do it this way. And it was very hard to listen. And it wasn't only Emily. It, it was all the it was the other all three of the candidates running against the mayor. It was very hard to hear them give responses because you just got that sense of, well, they're not connected. They don't understand what's happening. They're not part of the system. He's right. part of the system. He understands what's happening for good, for better or for worse. He's, you know, he's dialed in. And it just reflected that way with all these questions. It was never, there were never questions that like leveled the playing field where, every answer was kind of like everybody had to give kind of a generic answer. It, it was always, he had a very insightful answer of the way it's being handled. And everybody else just kind of had to, you know, talk about how they would have done it. So the fact that he won and won by so much, it, you know, wasn't that surprising to me, but I, you know, I told her, I'm like, I was explaining to my daughter. It's like, you know, you get involved with the, with the city council, you get on the inside and you understand you know, what's being done and how it's being done. And you play the political game. And next time around, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I can tell you that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see her, uh, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned last week, uh, we made it on Spotify. Thanks to a listener who just asked that, Hey, help, help me out. I'm trying to find you on Spotify and I can't. So I did that. Um, somebody else reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, if with all these Internet of Things devices, the uh, Amazon device, the Google device, they all have the ability to listen to podcasts, but uh, some of them use a service called TuneIn. So you want to be on TuneIn as well, because you, if you're on TuneIn, then somebody can just say, Hey, play me the podcast PHP Ugly, and it'll play the podcast through TuneIn. And I knew exactly what they were talking about when they said it because I have the Amazon device and I knew that's where it played this podcast from. So I'm like, right. Okay. That makes sense. So I, uh, I went ahead and got us on tune. So PHP ugly is now on tune in as well. So you can now say Alexa play PHP ugly. Yep. Does that, does it work? Have you tested it? 
I haven't. Let's let's give it a test. Hey Alexa, play the latest PHP Ugly podcast. It does not work. <laughs> right, so we'll we'll get we'll get working on that. We'll we'll make sure that by the time this I'll, gets released, that works. <laughs> I I was assured by TuneIn that that we are live. So I don't know. I'm maybe to, maybe I'm PHP sure. doesn't translate well. Am I saying PHP ugly clearly? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't even. Tell. I mean, as clear as normal. Okay. Oh, I've got a doozy for you. All right, let's wrap it up with your doozy. We're we're doing good on time. This this will be a good one. Let's do it. Uh disk level encryption for SSDs has been found to be almost completely useless. <laughs> I guess we're we're just walking right into doom and gloom here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, you knew we were. Uh, um, these are big names. You need, the, to, you need a signal before you do that. But. Samsung EVOs, uh, Crucial MX series. So the issue is that there is a bit in the firmware called Master Password Capability, and it can be set to a factory set master password that can unlock the drive. Um, the big deal here is BitLocker, the the Microsoft product, uses disk level encryption for most of its functionality uh it turns out that that master password can be decrypted from a rds i don't know what that is rds key on the ssd so you grab the rds key and decrypt it and you might be asking me well how hard is it to decrypt the rds key it must be hard how hard is it to decrypt the rds key there uh thomas right now the password for the MX300 series RDS key was a blank string. <laughs> so it was self-decrypting. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> so if, you, if you're running full disk encryption on an SSD for any reason whatsoever, um, don't. Turn it off revert to a software level encryption uh this probably is, is that is that really the recommendation yes are you are you just saying that or is that is that the recommendation that is the recommendation that's being made by samsung uh crucial which is micron and by the researchers who discovered this oh, issue. i do um, run full disk encryption too on my laptops also uh the issue that there is a master factory password bit there, there is a functionality built into hardware encryption that, that if you get permission from the factory, you can just decrypt the drive. It's also a bit of a bummer. I wasn't aware that that security layer just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're using BitLocker or any other kind of hardware level encryption on an SSD, uh, look up if it's been compromised because lots of them have been. All right, you suck, but I get I it. Don't, I don't suck. I, get it. No, I, I, I get just, it. I just give you. I just bring you the news. Okay. All right. You follow. Uh, you follow Freakmers. Whoa, we're still talking. Yeah. What? Who? Freak? Yeah, I, I, I follow Freak. We uh, we uh, hung out at Laracon in Chicago this this year. He had a great drinks. He had a great post where he published his. Setup his hardware and software setup with pictures and all that jazz, and uh, challenged other people to show their setups. Oh, I should do that. We're we're getting a we're getting to move into the new Diego Dev offices. Maybe I'll do that. I I recommend you should check it out. Uh, it's Mers be, and there'll be a link in there. You can I'm sure you can find it or be in the show <laughs> notes. First guy on the list, Michael Durinda. Michael Drinda. This guy is freaking all over the place. I'm he just is. Getting I can't, flat cannot out get rid of him. By that. He's Jesus got, Christ. you can see his audio setup right there. It's just, oh, just ridiculous. Oh, God. What is that? Is that, a, is that one of those uh, standing desk converting things? It sure the hell is. Look, this guy. Guy. He's running Mojave. Whatever. Running, running uh, Sublime Text 3. Not just Lakers. Right. I believe that's specifically a Kobe collage. Is that a Kobe collage? Yep, I see it now. Kobe. Mm-hmm. Kobe. So this is this no. is what you can expect yeah. if you're a friend of the show is uh, being constantly berated by us. <laughs> this is this is music. Ninety percent of the time he has his ear 
pods and oh god <laughs> just what so I, right. I i'm interested in doing this because i actually am proud of my setup except that it's it's always filthy dirty it's so disgusting yeah i mean i have so much you... garbage all over my my workstation why are you gonna be looking at all these i don't see uh freaks though where's freaks at Freak? his, his is at? on the original post Oh, where's the? Is it in the show notes? You you don't link it in the show notes because yeah, it's in there. It's in the. It's, in the uh, oh, it just has uh, it just has other people set up. That's yeah. That's the link I was looking at. Where's his original one? I don't know, man. No. Do you see Taylor's? That is uh, I, that is a sign of a sick mind right there. Yeah, Taylor's doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's that's a that's a sick mine right there. The single monitor setups, yeah. I don't understand. I don't. Yeah, that's crazy. I've got that's three crazy. monitors, and I feel like I'm I'm low on space. I need more. Yeah, we have uh, we have we're we're signing the lease. We've had construction going on at the new Diego Dev offices uh, for the past um, probably about past month and we are going to sign the lease tomorrow um and hopefully start to start to get moved in here shortly so i'm i'm excited about that i i have really warmed up to the idea of having an office again but this is um, this is a bigger space than the last office right yeah much bigger because i was in the last office and and i didn't fit with you and john in the room at the same time you're gonna, you're gonna. I have a feeling you're gonna want to come visit. We're gonna do a stream or something of the new office because I, uh, it's gonna be fun. It's I'm, I'm really excited about it. So we'll see. Oh, hey, you wouldn't. All right. So friends of the show, listeners of the show, you want to hear something fun? Yeah. What's what's going on? Freck. We were talking about Freck earlier, right? Mm-hmm. He has. One of the more popular companies in uh, the Laravel ecosystem, Spotty. Sure. Right? Or he's sure. one of the one of the owners of Spotty. So, uh, as I said, uh, when he came to uh, and I and I don't remember what his URL is. It's Spotty. It's, it's not. I forget what it is. What is Spotty's URL? Spotty dot be be Spotty dot be. So, uh, like I said, we, we're in Chicago, we're at Laracon, he's there, uh, I think it was the last day of Laracon, and he comes and, uh, he, he ends up at the hotel with me and a bunch of DA Dev people, and, and we're sitting there and we're drinking and, and we're talking about, um, well, we're talking about potentially, uh, doing some work with them, because, uh, you know, we, we had some stuff lined up, and so, you know, we're talking about doing some work, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, Diego Dev, we're looking to rebrand ourselves. I think we're going to become, uh, we're going to take the spotty name here in the U.S. and grab spotty.com, uh, domain. <laughs> and he just laughed at me. He's like, yeah, no, man, that's already taken. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, it wasn't taken. <laughs> it's taken now. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> just making enemies left and right. I'm redirecting it to his site. I told him. I'm like, you know, look, I'm like, you, know, you lied. It wasn't, I'm doing you a favor, man. I think somebody else could have taken it. So, yeah, I actually own spotty.com as, as a little inside joke to uh, anybody who happens to be a PHP Ugly fan. So, right now, all I do is I forward it to spotty.be. Yeah. Just because I'm a nice person and I, I have well, full not. disclosure. Yeah, it's true. I am kind of a dick, but I had full disclosure to to Freck, and it, you know I, we had a good laugh over it. And if you ever asked for the domain, I I, I think I even offered to uh, transfer the domain to him. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's out there. So I I actually own Spotty. I own a piece of Spotty. That's how I look no. at it. I'm whenever somebody talks about Ugh. Spotty, I'm like, yeah, I got a piece of that. Speaking of having a piece of something, God, I've had a lot to drink. <laughs> I, I really should think that I shouldn't be talking so much, especially when John's not here. Let me just say, he's not the along boss. with the new offices, Diego Dev is going to have some, I'm hoping, some very exciting news in the coming weeks. 
we're we're in the process of wrapping up some legal matters, uh, paying some fines, attending some classes, you know, those sort of things. But all in all, in a couple of weeks, I am hoping to have a very big announcement for Diego Dev. Very so, big. So very big. I'll let the I'll let the uh, Patreons know about it first. Oh yeah, good call. Inside knowledge. <laughs> Inside knowledge. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah. I'll let, uh, if you're a Patreon member, you can uh, redirect Spotty.com to your local website for a day. <laughs> 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 That's going to be one of the perks. Or levels. Yeah, it's less of a less of a Patreon, more of a thieves guild. <laughs> All right, man. I've had too much to drink. I need to go to bed. All right. Can we wrap this up? Are we done? You know, I you know, I think we are. Uh, I don't have a whole lot. Or anything yeah. else left on my ticket here. Awesome. All right. That's going to be it for episode 128. That's a one, followed by a two, <laughs> followed by an eight. Heaping glass of bourbon. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly. Keep it ugly.